Hi, this is Carrie Brownstein. This is DJ Premier. This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Right here. Aisha Tyler. Tribe Call Quest. Fred Armisen. Prince Paul. Javier Munoz, Seth Meyers. Frankie Cosmos. Flying Lotus. Hi, we're Haim, and you're listening to the Talk House Podcast. What's up? What is up? I'm Elia Einhorn. Welcome back to the Talk House Podcast. This week I'm joined by... The rather more muted uh, Nick Dawson, editor-in-chief of TalkHouse Film. Where, where am I supposed to go from there? I'll tell you where we're supposed to go. Right to this fucking amazing show. Nick, you pulled together a hell of a pairing. Harmony Kareen in conversation with Kaveh Zahedi. And I just want to say, observing this live was like watching something between a chess match and a, a, a joust. I have to admit, when we're recording this... I was a little bit nervous, but listening afterwards, I was like, holy shit, this is so great. Nick, did you ever do acid when you were a kid, like when you were younger? Only really when I was very, very young. <laughs> okay. Well, I was a wild teenager and uh, took acid a number of times. And, and I had this sort of creeping feeling partway through this talk, like the acid was kicking in. Now, I didn't know if it was kicking in for harmony or if it was kicking in for me, but Things got very psychedelic. Now, Harmony has this sort of infamous way about him of sort of obfuscating when, when people try to pin him down with a precise question. But he went sort of so far out that I, I, I felt reality bend. It's entirely appropriate because these two guys are people who mold reality to their own artistic ends. I mean, Harmony Korean, of course, is the genius behind Spring Breakers, Gummo, Julian, Donkey Boy, Mr. Lonely, Trash Humpers. Ever heard of Kids? Kids, which he wrote. Indeed. And, and for me, like as a kid growing up, like his book, A Crack Up at the Race Riots, was like a formative tome. It was a formative work in terms of like blowing my mind, making me know what could be possible with art. Now, Harmony's just released his first project in six years. This is The Beach Bum. It has a hell of a cast. Yeah. Snoop Dogg. Matthew McConaughey. Isla Fisher. Jonah Hill. Martin Lawrence. Jimmy Buffett. Zach Efron. I mean, this movie is wild it is crazy it, it's about this cosmic poet in florida just trying to live his best life and have fun and create chaos and it's really something dude dude <laughs> listeners i do want to give you a, a spoiler alert because the guys do talk about things that happen towards the end of the movie in this conversation but not in a way that i think is really gonna harsh doesn't your, ruin the film it's not gonna harsh your vibe <laughs> And that is what we're here to do, is to not harsh your vibe. Now, for those people who don't know who Kaveh Zahedi is, I think we need to give a little intro. Rather interestingly, he's in a way like Harmony's soul brother. He is also an Iranian-American. He has this childlike quality to him, this sort of innocence. And rather inevitably, he and, and Harmony used to be phone buddies back in the day. Yes, yes. Evidently, Harmony used to give him the old three o'clock in the morning call sometimes. Indeed. Not the uh, you up call. Not the you up call. No, the other the other one, like, you up, dude, yeah. kind of call it. <laughs> now, Kaveh is, um, he's kind of been this underground superstar genius. He, he's made movies like I Don't Hate Las Vegas Anymore, Tripping with Kaveh, which had their mutual friend Will Oldham in it. I Am a Sex Addict, which was a film that introduced me to Kaveh. And he has most recently been making waves with this really kind of mind-blowing web series called The Show About the Show. Which is really a, a sort of meta mindfuck where each episode is about the making of the previous episode. Yeah. Fantastic series. Yeah, it's funny. I was chatting with Kaveh when, just after we recorded this and I was like, wait, Kaveh, am I in 
season two. Oh no, were you uh, were you filmed for it? He filmed me at Sundance last year. Oh man. Apparently it's going to be season three, so you're just going to have to wait. Okay, I'm psyched to see you. However, let's not wait to talk about what they talk about. Let's do it. They talk about a lot, Nick. So much. Of course, we hear all about the beach bum and the way in which it's, uh, in some ways, kind of an autobiographical portrait. There's a lot of Harmony's soul in the soul of Moondog, the poet played by Matthew McConaughey. We also hear about those uh, late night calls and the things that Cave and Harmony had cooking for a while. Yeah, it's funny because Cave remembers a lot and Harmony remembers very, very little. I don't necessarily believe him about well, that that's either. Well, that's what he says. Yeah. One thing that I was really curious about that I was so glad Cave inquired after was what was Harmony doing for that almost decade away? And he has a very... <laughs> Very good, if predictably unpredictable answer for that question. We get to hear about his amazing, colorful, and, and at times implausible life in Florida, which I feel like I kind of want to live myself now. We hear all about how parenting is, quote, trippy as hell. Trippy as hell, man. We also hear about Harmony's amazing recipe for joy. The awesome thing about Bob Dylan playing shows at minor league baseball grounds. A lot about Ripley's, A believe lot. it or not. Yeah, which ties in perfectly with another subject they touch on, which is Hemingway's Six-Toed Cats. And how Cave's web series, the show about the show, kind of led to his divorce. Yeah. Let's get into the good stuff, my friend. Let's, let's roll the tape. Let's do it. So I don't know what you remember from our previous uh, exchanges. Right. What do you remember? I remember you, you made that like, really cool film with your dad, right? Yeah, Where, I don't in Las Vegas anymore. No, the one where you're on acid or something? Ecstasy. Ecstasy, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Called, I don't hate Las Vegas anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was so, I remember, I was like, whoa. Yeah, you liked it? Yeah. That's the only one you've seen, right? Uh, I don't know. I would have to look at a list. I don't, yeah. But like, uh, I somehow got your number, and I called you, and I'd seen Gummo, and I just loved it to yeah. death. And then we sort of, I sent you that film, and then you used to call me like, often like at two or three in the morning, Right. Do you remember any of this? <laughs> no. <laughs> I assumed you were like stoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In some sense. Yeah. Um, and then I was trying to get this film made called I'm a Sex Addict. Right. Do you ever see that one? I don't, I, uh, I know, I don't remember. Uh, you remember it. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. But uh, I was trying to get you to act in it. Oh, that I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I sent you the script. Yeah. I was trying to get Chloe to act in it also. Right. You gave me an address like in Connecticut. Right. Right. And then, like, you disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and you sort of, like, turned me on to Will Oldham. Yeah. And also Alan Clark. Yeah. Which, are, you know, both, like, I didn't know them. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You know, hugely loved yeah. them both. And then I did this yeah. film with Will called Tripping with Cave. Oh, yeah, I did see that you one. You saw that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked that one. And then I think I asked you if you wanted to do it, and then you were like, I don't do drugs anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's probably... <laughs> yeah. And, I remember uh, that, yeah. Yeah, so the new film, it's, like, full of drugs. So I was just curious, like, yeah. are you still not doing any no, drugs? No, yeah, no, I haven't done any in just so long. Uh -huh. um, but, uh, I mean, I can still remember them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not like, uh, yeah, I, I, I left that a while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the new movie, yeah, it's definitely, it's like a stoner. Yeah. Uh, it's like a stoner whirlwind. yeah. The thing that struck me watching, I watched it last night, was like, it just seems so like a self-portrait. Yeah. I guess all your films are. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I, it's weird, like, 
I get, I get that too. It's like everyone's always like, you're him and that's you. And they said that about almost every character. I remember they said, saying that about Alien and when I, uh, Spring Breakers and like right. all these things. And I mean, maybe there's, I mean, because you I write them and stuff, maybe there's certain things that are, you know, maybe certain things, but I feel so also disconnect. Like my life's nothing like his right, life. Right. Yeah, I don't mean externally, but you know, but the but, internals. But, of yeah, it yeah, feel yeah, like maybe, your spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that definitely the internals. I like the way you said that. Yeah, the internals feel like your spirit. That makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, and also the whole struggle, like between like uh, fun and you know, kind of an anti-moralist stance. Yes. And like, what do you do about capitalism? Yes. And you know, and how do we deal with like the problem of navigating this world of corruption in a fun way that celebrates life? Yes. It's like, it seems like it's all very you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that part, that part, you know, and the idea of like his poetry, you know, his writing or his poetry really is just, it's more about his life or more about him. him. He's like more of like a poet of life. Like it's about the fun and the joy and the the moment, the experience. Yeah, uh, we talks about fun in the film. It seemed yeah. kind of like the, the moment when I felt like it was like your voice most directly. Like it yeah. seemed like it was your like. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because he's not really political. You know, he's not really. At all. At all, but it almost makes him political. People read into it in this way. This is interesting huh. to me. But um, he really is, a, I, I think he's a more of like a sensualist, you know. Yeah. I thought of it where it's like, if something feels, if one joint feels good, you know, he needs to smoke 10 of them. And uh, I wanted to make a film about this guy who is like, he's kind of like based on this like, this idea. For me, it's like almost this like strange uh, utopian ideal this of this Key West representative like checkout culture uh kind of fuck it all movement where it's like, you know, people go to just kind of celebrate like a lack of ambition. Mm-hmm. And and um And that's not you. No, but I admire that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I I I do like admire that. I like admire people who's like just like l- watch the sunset and live on houseboats and you know like I look at that and I I I I find it desirable. Yeah. You know, but I also, you know, with with him, it was like I I thought it was interesting to create a character where it was like no matter what he had in front of him, no matter like how much money or how little money, whether he was living in mansions or under bridges or whatever, it was always going to be fun for right. him. He so was always, the same. He was the same no matter what happened. Yeah, he him. doesn't have. A, I mean, people get upset because there's no, you know, conventional character arc or something. But right. it's like I don't. I didn't think he would ever have have what you would call. You know, or that kind of typical narrative character arc. I felt like he was always just going. You know, he was always like prowling. Yeah, I mean, there was a kind of a character arc in that, like, there's this thing set up with the money, mm-hmm. and that there's this sort of telos that there's going to yeah. be this money at the future yes. that's going to maybe change something. Yes. And then he, you know, immediately, yes. deliberately blows it all. Yeah. So in a way, no, that's definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. But the arc in that, like, people want to break him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or have him be this kind of redemptive. You know, there's always this tendency for people to want immoral characters or people with a kind of moral ambiguity to like break. Right. And then like, you know, and so it's not a thing, it's not really a thing for for him. I mean, the form of that is the book that he writes. Right. Right. 
And there's almost this like notion that that would be some kind of moral uplift. Yeah. And he does it. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like it changes anything. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's strange, you know, because he's like this guy who's, you hear the word genius thrown at him. And which is a word that's thrown at you a lot. Right. Or, and then you hear this thing, but he doesn't really, I like the idea that he doesn't really it's, care about it. Because you're, you're so conditioned to like this idea of genius or like, you know, talent in this way where it's like the Mozart, that Francis Bacon, that thing where it's like you carry this, this like pressure to create. Or a responsibility. A responsibility. And I like the idea of it being more of like a burden. Do you know what I mean? You're just like, it's like a guy, I was like saying it's like someone who's like born, he's seven foot tall and all he has to do to dunk, the, everyone wants to see him dunk. All he has to do is just like right. stick his arm up and he right. just doesn't want to, but he doesn't want to dunk. Yeah. You know, he just doesn't want to do it. I like that obstinance. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of Rambo in a sense, or right. the, the myth of Rambo, yeah. which, you know, I think intersects with your myth in a way right. too. Right. But like the work there, like Rambo basically, I think, you know, is like he's the most talented poet of all time yeah. at the youngest age. Yeah. And he just turns it all, turns his back on the whole thing. Yeah. And in a way... The book that he's writing seems like, you know, you'd say like the work, I mean, the film is like the book. Yeah. In that, you know, you're trying to make a work and yet you have to find a way to do it that doesn't fall into the traps of ambition, the traps of ego, yeah. the traps of capitalism. Yeah. And does it in a celebratory way that doesn't turn away from the work either, the way Rambo does. Sure, yeah. Or like, I prefer Rambo. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. You know, like the way Rambo goes into the jungle, uh-huh. takes all those dudes down, and goes back. Do you really prefer Rambo? <laughs> oh, to Rambo? Of yeah. course, definitely. I'll take Rambo every time. Really? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Rambo, he was great. He, he's mis- he was like misunderstood, I think. I mean, I like that. I like that film. Um, but it would I, be good if you put Rambo voiceover over Rambo. It would. <laughs> there is a film to be made with that. <laughs> um, I want to talk about, I mean, I, I, look, watching your career since, since kind of early on, I mean, yeah. I, I remember I was at the premiere of Kids in L.A. Wow. And I, I forget who the guy was at that company, but I knew this guy and he invited me to this dinner afterwards. Right. And Chloe was there and... The kid from the show was there. Right, the Justin maybe? Or, yeah, I forget which one. Right. But it was like, and it was like, I went with some friends and we were all like completely blown away by the movie. And it was just like this really amazing thing. And then Gummo, like even more so. Yeah. But like, I, I just sort of watched you work through the, the system. And really my, my biggest curiosity yeah. as, as a person yeah. is just like, there's this sort of period, yeah. which is kind of like between the Connecticut yeah. uh Address yeah. and Mr. Lonely, yeah. where you sort of disappear. Yeah. And I've heard different stories yeah. and rumors. I have no idea what's true. Yeah. You know, Will told me something. There was a, a house burned down. Yeah. And you were in Paris. Yeah. And there was like a drug problem. Right. Can you, I don't know. Yeah. I know you usually attend to yeah. like to be playful around yeah, yeah, yeah. biography, but. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was like, uh, you know, I had like always liked to mow yards and stuff. When I was a kid. Mow yards? You know, like cut down yards. Oh. Like I just really, when I was young, when I used to, my first job when I lived out in Tennessee was like to mow people's yards. Uh And then I used to like, I was so good at mowing. 
you know, like I could go up on ditches and I can get it right at the edge. And, uh, and then one day I was like mowing yard and this like piece of gravel like smashed me in the, right between my eye, my eyes. From the lawnmower? Like yeah, it got hit caught it in the thing and it's like when I wasn't never wearing goggles. And so I stopped mowing yards. And, and you know, I got more into than movies. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and then around that time that you're talking about, I know this is maybe sounds strange, but I really did like start fantasizing again about like going back to that type of thing, uh-huh. you know, because like I could like my, the more like I mowed a yard, like the more clean my mind felt. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like the more, and I could almost, I never did any type of meditating or anything, but like when I did that, like I felt like really, like I knew the job that was in front of me. You know, like I knew, like I just had to clear this yard uh-huh. and then I can go like two, I can make like $10 and I can go like two yards over and clear that yard. So like I started to try to f- figure out in my own way how I could get back into the yard working business. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. This, is after, this is after Julian Donkey Boy. Yeah, it's yeah. that period yeah, yeah. that you're, 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 you're talking about, you know? <laughs> and I, uh, and so like, yeah, I went to Europe I pretty much, yeah, I just stopped making films. Right. Because I just didn't really even know if I wanted to. Which I would call the Rambo, the Rambo moment. Yeah, the Rambo moment. Okay. (laughs) Well, Stallone goes into the jungle. (laughs) And and I just kind of was like, you know, because I had been mostly making movies since I was even in high school. So I didn't really have what you would call like a transitional period, you know. Uh And, uh. And I wasn't really like everyone, I wasn't so amped on the idea of just making films and like I wanted to do other things. And then I wasn't even sure if I wanted to do things that had to do with anything uh, in the entertainment world. And so, but I really just wanted to like go off and mow yards or just like hang out. And uh, so that's when I was like that period, I, I pretty much was just tripping out. I, you know, lived in the, you lived in the jungle for a little while, was in Central America, went to Europe for a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, it was probably almost 10 years or not, you know, seven years or something like that. Yeah. And then what made you come back? Well, what happened was I started like thinking in um, like images again. Uh-huh. I started like drawing again and like uh, painting and uh, I started to think about, oh, you know, there's this image. I want to see like nuns jumping out of airplanes on BMX bikes and like, um, you know, doing tricks in the clouds and stuff. It was just something like that. It was like, I wasn't really sure like where it came from or what it meant. There was just specific things that uh, I was, I wanted to see. And then I was like, oh, maybe I can, at that point I was like, maybe I could try to make movies again or maybe I could, you know, so that's kind of how, uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. that's kind of how. I started writing scripts again. Uh-huh. Um, it reminds me, you know, in the myth of Orpheus, you know the myth of Orpheus, right? No, I never heard of it. Really? <laughs> what, the myths of Orpheus? Orpheus. Yeah, Orpheus. The poet, the Greek poet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, guy, like. Yeah, the guy that was. His wife in, dies. The guy that was in the Matrix. Goes into hell, Morpheus. <laughs> you know, I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, usually the myth is like he goes to hell, 
right. to get his wife back. And they say, She'll, you can have her back, but you can't turn around to look at her while you're in hell. You got to wait till right. you get out, right? Yeah. And the usual, and then he looks back before he gets out and yeah. he loses her, right? And yeah. And was like, what a dumb fuck. Yeah. But. Is that the in the Bible? No, it's a Greek myth. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never read the Bible. It's not in the Bible. All right. <laughs> but like Maurice Blanchot, the French writer, has this essay about the myth of Orpheus where he says, the artist, Orpheus is the artist, and he's the guy who has to turn, he has to turn back he has to turn back to look because that's what artists do. They look into, into hell. They look into death, look in the face of death. And the problem with art is if you look too much into the face of death, you die. But if you don't look enough, you have nothing to say or nothing deep to say. So the artist is he who turns back to look but does it just in the balanced way that he can still speak, right? He can still say what he saw. And... And Blanchot is like, uses Rambeau actually as an example of like the artist who looks too, too, too deeply at the face of death and can't speak anymore. And he tries that gesture. And I think every, any artist who's really worth their salt like has to, I think, grapple with like, why am I doing this? Why is this important? On some level, it's not. And is it an ego thing? Am, is it an attachment? How do I like navigate those, the Scylla and Charybdis of that, right? And it seems to me like this film is kind of a little bit about that. Right. The um, Rambo? Orpheus. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Moondog okay. is Orpheus, who's also oh, yeah. the poet. A and Rambo. Yes. <laughs> and he has to look back at the way he goes in the jungle and slaughters those dudes. That's the way Moondog, he's like slaughtering life. Yeah. But you are navigating this, the, the making of work. You often use this metaphor that often Herzog uses about like, I think yeah. it's like, a film warrior or something uh -huh. or a soldier uh -huh. for cinema, right? Uh -huh. And this idea that cinema is a kind of like a god or it's a, right. a power that we are faithful to, yeah. that we bow down to, right? And I, and I feel this too. It's like a, yeah. it's a, it's a calling or it's a, it's a religion, right? And like a filmmaker is like a priest or a prophet of this religion of beauty in this, and of this, of this medium that we are all sort of yeah. submit to. And yet there's also this need to like not be shackled to it. Uh -huh. Right, which is the impulse to say, no, I'm not doing it anymore, or I don't have to do this. And it seems to me that York sort of embodies that ambivalence a lot. Uh -huh. Yeah, I don't really know, you know, I don't really even know if it, like, uh, it's uh, uh, how I feel about it anymore. Your work? No, just everything. Filmmaking? Every, yeah, just everything. Like, I just don't know, like, it, it, I used to feel that, but I don't really know if I feel that anymore. Right, how would you describe how you well, feel? I just don't know, now. I just don't know how, it, what it means, like, I just don't know like what it really means anymore. Not, I'm not saying my work, but I'm just saying the, I used to have that idea that like, you know, close to what you were saying. I used to, you know, but I, I now I just don't know. It kind of means everything and nothing. Like I don't really, I don't know what people really uh, get from it all anymore. Uh -huh. Do you know what I'm saying? I just, yeah. I just, I, but like you're making another film after this one, I assume. Yeah, but I know, you know, it's entertainment. So it's like... Are you thinking of it as entertainment? Yeah, I think it's, I, you know, I used to think maybe it was something more, uh -huh. you know, and that that was important. And I'm just not sure anymore. Uh -huh. But I, I, I'm not, I, you know, I just don't know. Do you feel like this film is entertainment as yeah. opposed to what's yeah. the opposite of entertainment for you? Yeah, I want. I wanted to make this film like a, like a. You know, I grew up on Cheech and Chong movies and stuff, and uh -huh. I wanted to make a film that kind of 
had this like I lo- I always loved that that watching those movies. I just loved like how high the films were. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like and the narrative almost felt like weed smoke. And like I and and it also if you look at them now, it really inhabits this idea of a kind of cosmic America that I don't that maybe exists and maybe it doesn't exist. But I I wanted the film really to just be that to be like a like a comedy, pure. And because, just because I wanted to entertain. Uh huh. As a as a gesture of of love towards the world. Uh yeah I don't know I just uh you know I just yeah I just wanted to laugh. I, I remember we talked years ago. I remember a lot of the things that we talked about actually. But one was we I think we were talking about Don't Look Back, the mm-hmm. Dylan film. I was gonna make a film about you, like a day in your life. Do you uh-huh. remember this? And we we're gonna do it at your grandmother's house. Right. Wow. And uh and then you were about to go into production on Julian Donkey Boy. Yeah. yeah. And then I thought, oh, I should just do a day in life of you making Joe and Donkey Boy. That's probably yeah. gonna be more interesting for film history. Yeah. And then Scott McCauley was like, nah, I don't want I don't want you <laughs> filming during the making of that. It's gonna like distract harmony or something. And then it got it got quashed. Right. Which I kind of regret because it would be nice to like yeah. just capture yeah, yeah, yeah. a day in your life at that period. Yeah. Hell yeah. I know. Dang, bro. What happened? Well, there was this guy who had money. I had no money. Right. Who offered to like, but he wanted to like, he liked you and he wanted to like come right. and shoot it. And I was like, I just didn't want him around. I didn't like him. Oh, that much. right, right, right. So I just was like, I see, I don't want to do that. And then I thought the Junaki Boy thing would happen. And then, and then you disappeared after that. Bastards. Always lurking. But I remember we talked about <laughs> Don't Look Back in relationship to this day in the life thing. And I was kind of trashing it a little bit. Uh, and you were, you know, you were saying how much you loved it. And I, th- I think at some point you said this, and I maybe, or maybe Dylan says this in the film, but he, I think you describe yourself as an entertainer. Yeah. Which isn't that what also Dylan says in an interview? Maybe so. You know, you know, but I think that's, I just try, I just try to make things happen. You know what I mean? Like just trying to entertain the troops. You ever watch uh, Bob Hope? Yeah. I mean, that's some good stuff. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. the way he swung a golf club, uh-huh. make 50, you know, 50,000 people crack up one uh-huh. one go. I'm just swinging golf clubs, bro. Is it kind of like <laughs> uh, that Preston Sturges film, Sullivan's Travels, where he's, you know, that film? Yeah. Where at the end he's just like, I just want to make the, the chain gang people laugh because they have such a hard well, life. I, yeah, well, I don't know. I, I, I just more like, you know, with this movie, yeah, I'm just trying to entertain. Did you feel like Spring Breakers was different than that? Or no, same I, I, I like that. That's a, a similar. And Lonely Hearts? I mean, Mr. Lonely? Lonely Hearts. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was a little different because I was like coming out of something else and into something. I was like coming out and going into something else. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, the last two, like I feel like, uh, I, I'm tr- yeah, I'm trying to really roll with that. <laughs> You know, like you want people to get like lit and sitting in the theater and just roll with it. Lit means literally lit. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. metaphorically lit. Yeah, like I'm we're pu- we're pumping weed smoke into the theaters. Oh, I see. Like I got like uh, we got a couple of theaters now where we're just we got these vents where they're just lighting hash into the into the atmosphere. But you don't even smoke pot anymore. No, I personally don't. Uh-huh. But these people all do. Uh-huh. 
and the culture is strong. Uh huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you got to take it to that level. Well, what would you call what you were doing with Gummo, for example? You wouldn't call that entertainment. No, it probably was. I it probably was, but I just don't remember. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like I, I, at that time, I was definitely trying to entertain. I always wanted to entertain. I never was trying to like. I don't have it to try to like educate. I don't really know anything about that. I mean, yeah, education is a word that sounds boring, you know, yeah, and yeah, and, yeah. and and and, uh, and offensive, right? But it seems like everyone is always uh, teaching. Yeah. Just by yeah. their being, right? right? And it seems that one of the things about your work is like, and there aren't that many filmmakers like this, where like yeah. their life and their work seem to be of a piece, yeah. right? And this is why Rambo, again, is like, an, is like a, a reference here. because Rambo is a reference. <laughs> you stick with, what's his name? I'm, a, I'm going with Rambo. Um, but it's like part of the appeal of your work is is you and your attitude and your you know worldview. Like there's yeah. a worldview, there's a philosophy, there's a yeah. politics. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. You know, mostly what I do, I have this like boat in Key Largo. You do? Yeah, it's the best boat. It's, it's like it doesn't really uh, go fast. It just kind of like you know, pretty slow boat. Is it like a, a motorboat? No, no. It's like yeah, it's got a motor on it for sure, but it's not a speedboat. It's a sailboat. No, it's not a sailboat. It's not like that boat at the end of the movie that he's in. Uh, no, no, no. Um, it's like a robot. No, no, no. Yeah, it's not, it's not, that, that's like a yeah, that's like a sailboat. No, this is a. It's got a. It's got a uh, three motors. Oh, three propellers. You can sleep in this boat. Yeah, you could sleep in it. And so what I did is I put a carpet down on it and, and a mattress, and then I bought. I there's this grocery store in Key Largo. I was going out of business. I bought four electronic poker machines uh, from them. And I hooked it up into, I had this, this guy named Al, Alberto, who's a friend of mine down there. He works the docks and he rigged the poker machines up. And then I usually go down and then I get, I don't know if you like Taco Bell, but I mostly just eat Taco Bell. I get these Crunchwrap Supremes and then a couple of uh, quarts of... Uh, Mountain Dew, and then I just go out on there, and if something happens, I get it's so nice. It's like you, you go put, by yourself. Yeah, I go by myself. Sometimes I take the kids. Um, it really depends if I'm going to try to write or just hang out. I can fish there too, but I don't know. Something is. I I really feel like I just cracked the nut. I discovered like the greatest thing on the planet. So when I eat the crunch wraps, drink the Mountain Dew, play the machines. Out in Key Largo, I can listen to that Christopher Cross dude, you know? You ever listen to Christopher no. Cross? He's a musician? Yeah, he's a musician. Made some uh, one really good record, in, I think, in the 80s. But then I just like him out there and all those things, and you're like, man, it, you know, really, that's like the best. That's the best it gets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't, I don't really win money against myself, right. <laughs> but it's like really fun. Uh-huh. Huh. So you think of yourself as a hedonist, kind of? Uh, no, a hiddenness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more hiddenist. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But you think fun is like the point of life in a way? Yeah, well, I think like, I don't know what the point of, of it is or anything really, but I just think in the end, I think there's just joy. Uh-huh. Um, and you, that recipe right there that I gave you is uh-huh. pure joy. <laughs> That's why I was like, wanted you to know. 
Thank you for the recipe. I'll try that. Um, you have two kids, right? Uh-huh. And the first one I remember, I, I, I met you when at the opening of Trash Humpers. Right. Like, I mean, we talked in the park for a while. Right. And I think you'd had a daughter at that point. Right. Lefty? Lefty, yeah. And then you have another kid, right? Yeah, I have another kid, Hank. He uh-huh. was born when we were... Uh, shooting this one. Shooting it, yeah. So he's like one or something. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. And how, I have two kids too. How do you feel like that has changed or has it changed like your outlook on film and yeah. art and fun? It's cool. I mean, I'm like, I got them like a badminton set the other day. I love so, badminton. So they like that and... Um, they, they, Lefty must be like five or something. Yeah, she's fifteen. No, no, I'm just kidding. She's she's actually ten. She uh, she's like ten. Is she? Yeah, she's ten. She's ten. Yeah. Wow, time yeah, flies. Yeah, yeah. It really, yeah, it really Fuck. does. But like uh, where we live, like manatees float by, and you could just like throw. You can throw. Uh, what are those things called? Uh, vegetables. For, vegetables. You can throw yeah. like a vegetable at them. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And it's great. You live in Miami. Yeah. And you see manatees? Yeah, I see manatees in the backyard. Oh, there's like a river? No, it's the ocean. Oh, your backyard is on the ocean? Yeah, you can, and then it's like they love vegetables. Uh-huh. So they just come, even the babies are like, you know, a couple of tons. Uh-huh. And you moved there because you liked shooting spring breakers there? Yeah, and I like Cordaditos, this like one place that sells a corded, like it's a Cuban spot. In a, that puts it in a styrofoam cup in a way that I've never seen before. And then... I'm sorry, what is this? Uh, it's just a Cuban coffee, oh, basically. Oh, coffee, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. It's a cortadito, no sugar. Uh-huh. And then they just ramp it up, bro, and you drink it and you're like running around all day. Uh-huh. They just put that super ramp in there. Uh-huh. Have you ever read the Wallace Stevens poems about Florida? Oh, is that Florida days? Well, there's... Florida days? Oh no, that's a different. That's Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> There's the idea of order at Key West. What happened? Fablio of Florida. I love. Yes, yes. Key West is great. Uh-huh. They um, have those six-toed cats. <laughs> you ever seen those uh, Hemingway six-toed cats? Hemingway. His his six-toed cats. Hemingway had a six-toed cat. Lots of them. There's like books about them. They're like part of the. They're like a, the treasure there. They like roam the streets. The in Key West? De- yeah, the descendants of his cats, uh, six really? toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like <laughs> there's a, um, sometimes you can, it's a, it's pretty trippy. I like to go to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum there. Uh-huh. I go there like a couple times a year. And then you see having the six-toed cats standing in front of Ripley's Museum, you know, on Duval Street. Uh-huh, like live ones. Yeah, they're just hanging out in front of the Ripley Museum, huh. but it's like the, it's the best combo. I drink some, I drink some uh, Mountain Dew, uh-huh. you know, and you can even get like the kind of. I've never had Mountain Dew. Is it really good? Yeah, it's good if you put like gummy bears at the bottom, uh-huh. <laughs> and it just like tri- trips you out. Uh-huh. And so then I like. It seems good. to me that there are two ways to deal with the probability, <laughs> the problems of language. Right. One is. Uh, um, what I would call what you're doing or do often, which is sort of... Uh, um, Go surfing? Yeah, <laughs> playful, fucking with 
reality and sort of a, a rejection of the truth quotient of, of normal discourse. Right. The other way is to go, the other way, which is kind of the way I usually go, which is uh, <laughs> complete attempts for complete transparency and directness and honesty. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, like the way you, I, that's the way I. That's the way. I don't even. I don't even know. I think we're both on the same page. I don't even. You know what I'm saying? I think it's the same. Th- I think it's the same thing. Uh huh. Okay. I, I think it's the same. Same thing. Uh huh. <laughs> but no, what I'm saying is, Ripley's. Have you ever been to the Ripley's? Never. It's way better than any movie. Like they have sculptures made of hair. Human hair. Have you been to the one in New York? Yeah, the one here is good too. It is? Yeah, but not the one in Key West is really, really good. Uh-huh. I got lifetime passes there f- from this dentist. For? Because he liked your films? <laughs> yeah, he's like a kind of really <laughs> known dentist down there. And uh, so I just go down there, rent a golf cart. Uh-huh. And you could just drive around the streets and just go into Ripley's, hang out with the six toad kid. You can drive around the streets in a golf cart? Yep. And you do that? All the time. (laughs) Ride through the graveyards down there. What about parenting? Parenting is like an often fraught (laughs) thing with responsibilities and stuff. Yeah, it is. How do you do it? Dude, it's trippy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's trippy as hell. I think you just like roll with it, you know. I mean, luckily my wife is so good, uh-huh. and like you know, she's like really great, and so I just take her lead. Because <laughs> like I don't know, I never have you ever read a book about it. I have. Well, I never have. <laughs> I never. I yeah, I never. I read a paragraph on a pamphlet once. Uh huh. I was felt good to go, but I mostly just follow the lead. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then, like, you know, cartoons are really good. So if you, I think, watch like four or five hours of cartoons with, if you break it up in the course of a day, it's awesome. You like cartoons? Yeah, cartoons are good for the kids. Yeah, I show you my. Know, kids. I grew up. I had a satellite dish. You, how's your how's your dad doing? Good. They live in the jungle. Yeah? Yeah. I remember years ago, around this period, you were doing a screening and anthology of your dad's films. Yeah, yeah. And I really wanted to go to that, and I was leaving town, like, the next day, and I ended up not being able to make it. Yeah. We just, I just had a, there was, like, a retrospective thing at the Pompidou in in Paris, and, like, we showed him. It was nice. Oh, cool. We showed all of those. It was was cool to see him. There's some, yeah, there's some really interesting ones. Kids are riding, like, bulls and, you know, moonshiners. Uh-huh. Uh yeah, the, the he made some he made some great ones. Are you still in touch with Will? Yeah, I just saw him last night. He's, he did? he's here. He's here? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just saw him. Cool. Yeah. I saw him. <laughs> he's good. Okay. Questions. I mean, like, Dylan has this thing where, like, if you ask him a question, he'll kind of, like, fuck with you. Right. Right? And it seems to me, I mean, historically, you've always been in that same <laughs> lineage. You know what's cool about him is he plays a lot of shows in, like, baseball fields. Yeah? Minor leagues. Yeah? And what's good about that? Well, you ever watch a baseball minor league? 
No. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> but I just like the field. <laughs> no, it's cool. You get hot dogs and stuff hanging. But I think that's like a... I was reading about that. Well, okay, here's my question. Just, I feel really close to you aesthetically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, my stuff's very different than yours, but like, I feel like I appreciate what you're doing and I, I have a, a, a affection for yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. And, and also I think there's a spiritual quest yeah. in there yeah. that I think is important. Yeah. And I think they're linked. Yeah, I remember watching the thing with your dad. I was like, whoa, that blew me away. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was I was just so trippy. You did that with, with your pop. Uh, thanks. Uh, you should watch the new one. The new one is better. I yeah, I will. I, would, I, will. I barely watch anything anymore, but yeah. I would love to watch if you. I if uh, if 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 I could see it, I would love it. Yeah, I'll send you a link. Yeah, yeah. But why don't you watch stuff anymore so much? Is it because like things seem like pointless? I just don't really can't put my finger on it. Uh -huh. I still do watch things. But, like, I don't really know what it is. Like, nothing seems that, like, interesting to yeah. me. I, I don't know if it's just, like, at some point it's, like, there's, like, a peak saturation, uh -huh. you know, where, I'm, where it's just, like, I don't really, it's difficult, uh -huh. you know. Um, and then other things I just kind of enjoy just, like, try to just living life, you know. Then, uh -huh. or... Just doing things that aren't that. I don't, I, I can't put my finger on it. Uh -huh. I still have moments, I think, where I see things. Sometimes it's just like a, a clip or something on the internet or whatever, but I still do have moments where I'm like, oh, okay, like uh, that's, that's pretty great. But I, again, like I just, I don't know what it is. It's not, it's not the same for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, like there was a period when everything seemed like important because it was salvational on some level. Like, you know, like it was like I was like like believing in God, and then you're like, oh, this is just uh, smoke and mirrors or something. Like, and where the the ambition thing like doesn't do it for you anymore. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing because yeah. it's like it was an illusion to begin with that cinema was ever right a god. Yeah, or maybe just believe in God. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and just yeah, but so I think there's something healthy about that. And again, back to the Rambo thing, it seems like. That struggle for me, it's I, I experience it as despair. Like the old gods don't do it for me anymore. And I haven't found like the joy of just living. And so I'm still trying to like find like some some pathway between those two. Uh -huh. But it seems like you found like joy. Well, I just mostly just trip out and I drink that Gatorade. Uh -huh. and, I mean, uh I do Mountain drink Dew? Gatorade, but I drink Mountain Dew. And you, you can sip it through a baby bottle, you get super like Joel, you know what I mean? Like some sometimes all it's all it takes. Uh-huh. You know, you know what I mean? Like you Do just you really sit Mountain Dew through a baby bottle? Put a couple of Jolly Ranchers at the bottom, let them melt, but I don't put any uh you know, hydrocodone in there. You know, because that's traditionally how you drink it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I I it's basically like you sip lean, but you just I hold the actual syrup. You know what I'm talking about, right? Really? You guys know what he's talking about? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Okay, everyone's nodding. Okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a drug thing? Codeine? More nodding. Okay. 
Cool. <laughs> so how's everything else in life? Well, I, I got divorced recently. Whoa. That's hard. What was that like? Did they come after you? Who? The women? There's just one. <laughs> Wait, someone said you, you only have one? I'm only married to one person. Oh, okay. It wasn't a double banger? No. All right. Because <laughs> some of those double bangers are crazy. Meaning like an affair? Well, you said that. Okay. <laughs> um, but, but what happened? They came after your wallet? <laughs> well, for sure. Yeah. Um, and the children, you know, like there's a lot of stuff in there that's, that's hard. But, you know, the show that I've been doing is called A Show About the Show. The premise is every right. episode is about the making of the previous episode. Right. And so it was just about what was happening during the making of the film. Right. And then everything's happening around it. And so there was things with the actress and then my wife. And, and so the whole breakup is on the show. Like the show documents. Is it a, more of a comedy or a horror film? It's a funny tragedy. Oh, so you're right in the middle. Yeah. All right. Yeah, right in the middle. So is that good? It's good artistically. I mean, yeah. it's, it hasn't been like a, a, a joy ride. Right. The whole thing is, right, that's uh, not fun. Yeah. But did the kid turn out okay? I, my two kids? They're both there? Yeah. And they're okay? In the show? No, with your wife? They're okay. My kids but are good. But they're with the wife? Well, they, they, we share them. Oh, okay, 50-50? 60-40. Oh, all right. <laughs> Which one did you get? I got 40. Oh, that's, not, that's, better, than, that's better than nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. But so in the end, it's all right? Yeah, I mean, it's all, I think everything is always for the best in the end, right? I don't know. Ask Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not suicide. Wait, he killed himself? No. I'm not sure the suicide is always for the best in the end. What the hell? Sue killed himself. <laughs> Bro, you're freaking me out. <laughs> Do you like Joseph Cornell? The artist? Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. He used to like Ripley's, believe it or not, a lot. He used to go there. Yeah, I mean, Ripley is the best. Like, for <laughs> me, Ripley might be the best artist. Even his drawings were so good. Like, Ripley really might be the best. Ripley did art? Yeah, you ever watched, you never looked at a cartoon? That's how he started. No? Yeah. Ripley, Ripley's Believe It or Not was a cartoonist? Yeah. Ripley's Believe It or Not. The best cartoon, yeah, the best. <laughs> yeah, they, of course. Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, Rip, Ripley. I'm gonna look for it. That's really, that's about as good as it gets. That's some serious entertainment. What period? Periods? What period was Ripley Matt, a cartoonist in? I think it was the, uh, let's see, probably the 30s, 40s. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he used to travel to all those places. He'd find like a four-headed camel. He'd draw it. Oh. And then put a caption under it. And he'd be like, you know, dude in the Sahara on a four-headed camel. Blah, 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 believe it or not. Do you guys believe what he's saying? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not like a, it's an obscure uh -huh. thing. I, I, I read them to my kids at night. They're the best. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> you think I'm, think I'm jiv jiving, bro? Yeah, I <laughs> Come on, man. You want to put a bow on this? Yeah, man, put your bow on. Wrap it, <laughs> wrap it up, snort it down, lick it, slurp it, okay. dance with it. 
put a bow around it. Okay, that's your bow. We love it. We love it. <laughs> My bow is, it was really nice talking to you again. <laughs> Same here, man. You say Rimbo, I say Rambo. Let's call the whole thing off. Yeah, but maybe let's just listen to that episode again because I think I will never <laughs> not be entertained. Loved it so much. Cave, Harmony, thank you so much for joining us here on the TalkHouse podcast. And Nick, if I may, congratulate you on a fantastic pairing. I just enjoyed this so much. Thank you. And of course, go see The Beach Bum in theaters. And if you need to catch up a little bit on your Cave's Aheady, Go get a copy of Digging My Own Grave, the films of Cavi Zahedi, out through our friends at Factory 25. It is well worth your dollar. This episode was recorded by, well, you, Ellie Einhorn. Good job. Thanks, I try. <laughs> our producer is Marky Shizumi, and Nick, you and I were recorded by Mark here at Hook and Fade Studios in Brooklyn. Nick, I got some great pictures of the guys in conversation and also leaning, looking cool against a brick wall that we're going to put on all socials. That's at TalkHouse across the board. Twitter, Instagram, Friendster, Bebo, MySpace, all the hits. <laughs> now, Nick, Cave has written a number of pieces for the site. He has. He's written about Abbas Kiarostami, about Robert Brisson, about David Bowie, and about Lars von Trier's Nymphomaniac. He's been busy. The TalkHouse podcast theme song was composed and performed by The Range. Subscribe to The TalkHouse podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever else fine podcasts are served. And I also want to give a shout to our events tab at TalkHouse.com because we have some cool things coming up, including, if you live in the New York area, a pretty neat event happening at Rough Trade NYC. Head on over to TalkHouse.com for all those details. Until next week... I'm Ellie Einhorn, and I'll be out on a boat with a bunch of slot machines and some Mountain Dew with Jolly Ranchers. No lean, though. No lean. Okay. And I'm Nick Dawson, and I'll bring the uh, Crunch Wrap Supremes from Taco Bell. It will be perfect. <laughs> This is Harmony Corrine. You're listening to Talk House Podcast. That was good. There was no, there was no sense of like uh, shilling in that at all. <laughs> it's a hard thing to do. <laughs> <laughs>